Bye. Welcome to the Play Cousins Podcast, a dose of healthy conversations with your Play Cousins. I can't believe uh, we're at episode four right now. Um, if you notice, it is lots of boxes today. Um, we got a whole squad cousins pulled up today. So um, Jazz, T-Dot, um, we're in store for some good old conversation today. So I want our guests to introduce themselves. So we're going to go right to left. Well, my right to left. So. Reese, you want to kick it off and introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. I'm Reese Omega. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, great. So I'm Reese Omega. I am um, from a, well, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a singer, songwriter, also a podcast host. Um, I just do social commentary. I try to make people laugh a little bit. So. All around entertainment, social commentary, blogging, blogging, all that. That sounds awesome. Next. Yes. I am Instagram Kimmy So Brooklyn. I am half of another dating disaster. I'm your girl Candace Lauren, the other half of another dating disaster. And we talk about just that dating in uh, your 30s and what that looks like. And we are in New York. And last but not least. Yes, I am Michael Jarrell. Hello, uh, everybody. Uh, I am lifelong creator, um, original New York native, uh, but I've been here for as long as I can remember. So uh, I like to think of myself as Atlanta uh, raised. Uh, first time author, um, family man, father of three uh, boys. Uh, that's, that's about my story. Awesome, awesome. So we got a diverse set of uh, backgrounds here um, to help us talk about our conversation today. So today we're gonna be talking about ships. So companionships, relationships, friendships, situationships. <laughs> so kind of get to kick this off. You know, I'm real on support. My love language is about support, showing up, going out. And today I was just perusing IG and sometimes your friend, you're supporting friends that are not in human form. So let's check this out. Motherfucker say, oh yeah, I'm cold as a lion with no hell. If you ever see me fighting in the forest with a grizzly bear, help the bear, because that bitch gonna need it. And I'm home and greedy. Give me that goddamn porridge. But I ain't even gonna eat it. Listen. That bear was not ready for that smoke at all. 
Uh, none. And that lady got commended to me. Like, <laughs> show up. She like pushed it. I ain't never seen a bear get shoved. Do you so, know first for everything. That baby is 17 years old and she was brave enough to go and handle a bear against her dogs or whatever. I was like, I can't believe a 17 year old would just be that gutsy to be like, not my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was um we saw Happy Wade and the Bobcat. He was protecting his wife from the Bobcat, but that was a grizzly bear. <laughs> like, right. well, I don't know, grizzly bear. But that that you know, when we say show up and show out and support, that's what we mean. <laughs> that is what we mean. Be that like is what me mean. <laughs> so, um that was a little playful commentary there but we're gonna since we have a lot to discuss today we're gonna kind of get into what are the different types of tips and kind of like what do they mean um we're gonna level set on some people need a reality check of where they are with people um you might think you're a friend and you could be an associate you could be a <laughs> weather <laughs> Or, you know, so um, let's get into some terminology. I know another dating disaster, they talk about, like, different ships when people are dating. So, like, can y'all give us some examples of what type of relationships there are so that our audience will be clear? Well, I think the most common ship that we experience in Brooklyn is the situation ship. Now, what that means is you are not in this committed relationship. And, and Kim has to explain this to me, too. But we're dating each other and we may be having sex, but it's not exclusive. So, I mean, who you help me? Did I get it right? No, it is. It is. And then even with situation ships, it could be like the situation is, is that it's Friday and I'm tired or I'm bored and it's raining outside and I just want to go hang out with you. So that's the situation that I'm in right now and you're supposed to help me out. So a lot of situationships uh, are, are happening in the dating world anyway. Not too many relationships. Yeah, yeah. I don't hear the read. I hear the situation or that's just my friend. Oh, that one's I've got a lot of friends in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Don't try to date them, though. <laughs> so when someone is just your friend, like, that's, like, I I have a whole, it's levels to friendships. So, like, Reese, how do you, what's your level of friendship? So I meet you off the street, you like, this my friend. Or you be like, nah, you an acquaintance. You know, how do you, like, give people titles? So, like, to me, a friend is someone that is, like, in your circle that supports you, is always there for you. Somebody that I, like, might just see at the club or see on the street, that's, like, an associate to me. And with my personality, sometimes people might mistake their <laughs> role in my life as a friend. <laughs> because I'm, like, really friendly. But sometimes, I, sometimes it's, like, if we don't talk, daily or weekly or often i only see you when i'm out like you are my associate I, i'll drink with you i'll dance with you in the club i'll chit chat with you on the street but you're you're not helping me with anything you're not um you haven't experienced any life trials with me so i definitely think there's a 
there's a friendships and there's associates and I try to keep those as separate as possible. Gotcha. So Michael, as a married man, like what is your friendships or ships looking like? Um, I would definitely agree with as far as the terminology. Um, I, I do agree, like you said. The only thing is when you're describing people as associates, it, it nobody wants to be described as an associate of somebody. So for me, my friends' friends are more like family than friends are, you know. So I kind of treat them as, as such. And um, being married to me has not really affected my friendship because I've always kind of had a small circle anyway. And so it was, if you're in that small circle, you're so close, you know, your you're, you're family anyway, that it, it never really hindered anything. Right. I know, Jazz, I know on one of the shows, it was our first show, and you was like, uh, I don't have this girl. We not friends no more. We not vibing. So, like, what do you do, like, when it's time? It's the exit strategy for a friend. Um. Let me ask. I feel like for me, like my friendships always end pretty dramatically because I'm. Well, yeah, because I'm. Me, I'm a real friend, so I just tell people I don't ask anything of my friends. Like all I, but I will demand your loyalty and your respect. That's it. So if those are the things you cannot give me, and if you are pushing those boundaries with me and trying to get me to except your foolishness, then you have to get out of my life. So for me, like, if we're friends, we just help be friends. We hang around each other all the time. We talk to each other through, like, recent life things or whatever. But once it's over, it's over. And we don't need to talk to each other anymore. That's kind of like the point where I got with a friend of mine who tried to come back a few times. And I listened to her because, in general, I don't... I'm not one of those people that believes in, like, oh, you got to forgive everybody. I think forgiveness is overrated. But I do think for some people, we got to give people a little bit of grace sometimes that you love. But once that part is over, for me, it's a let's not ever say anymore at all. I don't see you when you don't see me. Yeah, I definitely empathize with that because people be calling me frozen. Um, when I'm done with you, I'm done. Yeah. Like, it's over. You have a friend funeral and it's over. Like, you you didn't exist anymore. Like, RIP. Um, but the other part of that is I'm a good friend, so you had to do something. It's never like I've fallen out with people over like little petty stuff, but it's just like I gotta like love you from afar until we communicate elsewise. But like it's certain things when it's done, it's done. Like I'll say, have a nice life. When you hear you see that text, have a nice life. God bless. It's over. It's done. Like they don't exist anymore to me. Like you could be on fire and be like, what? I literally, it's it's done. So it's <laughs> Reese all the way in the camera. I was gonna ask you what your zodiac sign was. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> oh, oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Gemini born in a Taurus moon. So yeah, it's it's oh, a yeah. wrap. It's no mm -hmm. change in my mind. So, you got you want to add anything to that? I think for me, I'm different 
than y'all because I'll circle back around with friends. Like I've broken up with friends and we like, oh, I miss you. Let's let's hang out again. So I try to give people second chances. What was the level of disrespect though? Because some things can recover and there are some things I think people like people should not have another shot to disappoint. Yeah, I don't think anything was huge enough for us to not jump over the hurdle, honestly. Like, I think both of us were just being stubborn and a little petty at the time. And then, so you got to stick with it for a while. And then after a while, you're like, I used to talk to somebody about this, and who was it? I don't remember who it was. And I, you know. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, mine yeah. was one of my friends stole some money. You ain't never come back from that. Right. <laughs> and another one came on one of my shows and tried to cut the food. You're not coming from that. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. T-Dot, I sympathize with you. I was telling her over here. I don't, I'm not all for the friend funeral. You know, I think that everyone should be extended grace. I, I do get what you're saying about the money. That does take it to a different level. But, you know, money is fluid. At the end of the day, you probably got that money back too, folks. No, girl. Money is <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm with you. No, give me my money. <laughs> yeah, I'm with. You. No. That was, and that Kim has been a part of my friend funeral before. It is nothing. It was definitely nothing little. I'm big on support and respect. Like, and when I say respect, it is women women's circles like we could kiki we could like joan a little bit but when you disrespect someone even if you don't know someone and i bring you into my friend circle don't be disrespectful and then also don't be disrespectful on the person's birthday that's the other thing pet peeve i have when people act up on people's birthdays you is gonna hear me like if if your mother did not let you come out the birth canal on that day you have nothing to say you're not a star that day like period and so it was a disrespectful situation and I tried a lot. She was cussing, me and Kim are friends. So she literally was cussing at Kim and I was like, you've lost your mind. And the sad part was this person was one of my longest standing friends on my trip. And we never get into it. And she was cutting up, like yeah. literally cutting up. And so from there, I kind of like, not came up with, but like, I don't extend titles to people without them deserving it. And when I say that, it's like, you know, when you start a new job and you go working and you like hanging out with that black girl or whoever you could identify with and you're like, oh, that's my friend. And y'all start hanging out stuff. I'm not saying that's my friend. Like every, I feel like people, titles are reserved. It's a 90 day trial. Like, Wait, I believe we, not giving anyone a title until after 90 days, because you could start seeing how they move. And I think that's important for relationships, for friendships, for anything, because it's always some people you link up with so fast. Clearly, the energy there, like, you know, and like the vibe is there. But then 
when shit happened, you'd be like, I can't believe they did that to me. That was my friend. And be like, bitch, you knew her two weeks. Like, what are you talking about? Oops, sorry. Curse word. But yeah. So um, anybody else like finicky with titles, like giving people titles? I have to jump in. I'm sorry, because I think that's one of the things that everybody does way too fast. I always laugh about people that's like, I love you way too soon. But then also with friendships, it's um, Michael was saying it before, like the words, like when you call, it's hard to call somebody an associate, even though that's what they are. So we do have to find a way to say, no, that's my friend. That's my homegirl. That's my homie. Oh, I kick it with them. That's my drinking partner. That's my whatever. Like there are nicer ways to be like, that's my hangout buddy or whatever else. And I think we got to get into it. Like this whole, that's my friend. That's my friend thing. I don't like it because then I don't know how loyal I got to be now to T-Dot, for example, because she's Kill's friend. So I'm like, is that your drinking partner or your friend friend? So like, I need to know. And I think that that's, that's a problem. Like everybody is, is using these words so, so fluidly or so, so, so freely rather. And I'm like, we can't do that. My family is my family. Like when people say family, like I get it. I know what that means. When they say that's my friend, I know what that means. I have said it like, oh, no, me and her, we, we, we hang out. We drink a lot. We, we drink together. Or like, oh, that's why I go to the party. That's why I party with. Like we have to be able to say that to people because people will really, just like Reese was saying, think that they are your best friends. And just because you might be nice or whatever else, but we have to start understanding that this, I, no, listen, I get it. I, there's a lot of people that think that, my, that they're my bestie just because I'm like nice to you. You know what I mean? So, like, I think we do have to start getting into that. And no, associate is not a nice word. Nobody wants to be somebody's associate. But we got to start putting people where they, you know, in, not to say in their place, but saying, man, if I ever need a drink, that's who I hang out with. Like, and let, let it be known so that there's no kind of blurred lines and nobody feels away, you know what I mean? Because they didn't get invited to the wedding. Like, don't call somebody your friend for 20 years or 10, you know, however long, and then we get married, they're not even invited because now everybody's all confused. Anyway. <laughs> that's true. So if someone's like, oh, I'm your best friend, but they really not, how do you have that tough conversation? That's what I was going to say. Like, how do, do people just naturally know that they're associates? Or in Reese's case, I mean. Some people have no idea what the position is. And, they get, <laughs> and it, it can get a little uncomfortable. I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to tell you in your face, oh, you're my associate. Like, I'm just, I know what the, I know what the boundaries are between me and that certain person. So in, to me, I'm calling you my associate, um, but I'm not like, I, I'm also really, I walk on eggshells when it comes to like, hurting people's feelings as well. So I'm not gonna say, like, if you call me your friend, I'm not gonna say, oh, hold up, um, associate, <laughs> correct yourself. So it's like, so it's like, I guess it depends on how um, upfront you are with, Kind of boundaries you're saying some people are really oblivious to what position they hold in your life like they they just don't know like they think they're really good friends and sometimes the, you can think that they're your really good friend and they don't consider you that good of a friend so it's like it's kind of hard to tell but i'm not really i don't really tell people they're my associates it's just like they kind of know their place a little bit yeah, that whole I know someone who said I've never been to your house. You not? I don't like that. Right. You not from my house? <laughs> like you're social. Like, some people, why would, like why would I invite you to my wedding? Like I don't know you like that. Right. Not a hundred dollars a plate. Um, like no. <laughs> what were you saying, Michael? I said when they calling you by your Instagram name, that should give you a a, a hint on your place. <laughs> In my life, 
That's a good oh one. My, my real name. So the kind of level set. So we got friends for seasons. We got reasons and lifetimes. Okay. And then we got like for the dating world, though. I think people get this confused a lot too because when people be like, oh yeah, I'm dating, it's like, oh, y'all go together. And it's like, no, I don't. Like, no, we don't. It's so like Kimmy and Candace, like, what is like a type of how you break down the dating so people could know like the levels. Girl, if I knew that, I would be married. I'm still confused on dating. I'm learning. I'm learning new things. I literally found out what cuffing season was this year through her. So I could have, I've probably been cuffing all my life and just found out in October what cuffing season is. So I'm going to let Kim take that. Oh, I'm dying. So, you know what's crazy? I think a lot of us aren't realistic. So, like, even as we've been talking about, like, not knowing where where we stand, right? A lot of us don't understand that, like, energy out and in, like, we should be feeling the same way. Like, I should know, like, T-Dot, like, we go and hang out, like, and I'm making drinks and food, and I got it this week. There's, like, not a question. Like, next week, you'll be like, oh, I got you. We're going to do this and that next week. And it's just, like, it's not even that it's, oh, you did Tuesday. I got to do Tuesday, too. It's more of a feeling, right? So if you always reaching out to this dude, you trying to find out where, where he's at, you trying to hang out. Like a lot of us don't realize that we're reaching and reaching and reaching and we're pouring out of our cup and it's never getting refilled. Such a crazy, like cliche, you know, whatever. But it's a real thing because that's why we get so down on ourselves and we get so upset because we've given so much and got nothing in return. So unfortunately, you know, a lot of times we're just not realistic. Like we're not sitting quietly and saying, wait a minute. All my text messages and, and calls are outgoing and nothing is incoming. And we're not taking that time because we're like, well, I don't want to play games, so I'm just going to reach out. That's not a big deal. I've said that because I don't want to play games. Like, if I like you, I'm going to reach out. But I'm only going to reach out about one or two times before I'm like, okay, you're just not interested. And that's it. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, I don't believe in exclusively casually dating. What is that? And I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I was like, you're not together unless you're together. Period. Like, you're only focused on one person when y'all haven't made any type of commitment to each other. Like, well, I ain't gonna tell all her business. <laughs> <laughs> you thing with women, and, and all of you guys know this, every woman on this call knows this, we just naturally have that desire to be with that one person. So a lot of us, when we meet a good guy, we like, oh shit. I'm feeling them. And you just kind of into one basket. You know, we, we don't, we're, women just aren't naturally serial daters the way men are. What? I don't, I don't know, know about, about that. I don't agree with that. I'm definitely a serial dater. Like, I'm, I, like I just said before, I don't believe in exclusively casually dating. Okay. I, I'm monogamous. And what, once I'm with someone, I'm with okay. them. I don't cheat. But in the meantime, you pick <laughs> your friends and I see mine. And I understand what we are. So for me, I don't grow in attachment. Or if I do, then I'm like, okay, you don't want the same thing. I'm out of here because I like I'm not gonna continue this with you. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think that women I don't think that, that has anything to do with gender. I think that women can be serial daters as well as men. Yeah. And I think a lot more you know it is real. I know what you're talking about because I feel like a lot of our friends, especially, will just try to find that guy and be like, oh, he's nice. Let me figure this out. 
we're over that now. Like because we realized that we were playing a one-sided game. Like we were we were doing that to your to your point. But now that we're getting into it, and I agree with that fully, Jasmine. Like at this point, we are not. If we are not together, we're not together. Until I am married or I'm seriously with you, we talking about kids and moving in and all types of what you really trying to do with your life, what your back is, like what everything looks like, you know, like how is your relationship with your mom and dad? Like when we start getting into the meat of who you are, okay, then all right, we're dating, right? But people don't understand dating, like not even, I shouldn't say dating, then we go together almost. You know what I mean? Dating is literally that. I'm dating people. I am seeing what's out there, what works, what doesn't work. That's what the whole thing is. Like I'm not dating one guy. When I'm with that one guy, oh, that's my boyfriend. That's my boyfriend. Like, that's it. <laughs> right. no yeah, I think we gotta, people gotta understand not just the terminology, but just the level. So, dating is yeah. multiple people. Then, once you find your one in those multiple people, y'all have a conversation, y'all are exclusive, or whatever the situation is. And then you're courting because you're like, I see something in this per- person to court to see if we can get to the next level. Then you have engagement, then you have marriage. Like, so I think like people blur the lines of dating and courtship. And then that's where like people's hearts get broken or yeah. people be confused. People like, oh my God, I only could date one person at one time. Who said that? Like, that's not- A lot of people, no, a lot of people. We're yeah. socialized to date one person. Like when you were taught how Supposedly, it wasn't like you just you really find that one guy and you focus on him because you got to marry him. By the time I learned that, I found my forever boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was like, I was out here just trying to date one person and date one person. So that's how we socialize. We got to break that cycle and something different. I think we got to break down the norms. When you're dating, you don't have to have sex with everybody. And also, if you're dating multiple people, that doesn't mean you're having sex with everybody. So it's yeah. just, it's different. What What's your perspective on it, Michael? <laughs> Is you sleep? <laughs> Did you sleep? What? We hear you. Um, I agree, like you said. I think, like back in the fifties, of course, I'm I'm out of the game for for a while now. But I think, like back in the fifties, was when it was like you say, you know, people kind of just dated casually and you know, kind of sold their wild oats at the same time until they found who that they thought they could spend the rest of their lives with, you know. And nowadays, I think whether it's the movies or whatever it is, people think that you find that one person and you're going to know everything about them. Like even, even with sex, uh, although we don't, we, we agree that you shouldn't be sleeping around with everybody, but if you only sleeping with one person, how do you even know if you like what, you know, you're liking, you know what I'm saying? Like if you've never experienced anything else, or if you're not dating around and then you get caught up in the situation where you're frustrated years down the line, because you jumped into some, something trying to be committed to one person. And communication was the other thing I wanted to, to speak on because if you are dating around and you are, you know what I'm saying, moving and growing, you at least need to be communicating with, you know, whoever you're, you're doing that with so everybody's on the same page and nobody gets hurt on the ball, you know, because people get their head bust out here and it, it, it ain't always the girls that get emotionally tied too. Dudes <laughs> get emotionally tied and get crazy 
and be following your ass. Oh, sorry, we be following your home and stuff. <laughs> That that kind of goes into a segue. So what are some toxic traits and how do you hold people accountable? Last time we kind of talked about consent and we talked about putting boundaries out there. But like what are toxic traits that you should know just to hit the heels and run, like go away? If someone is dismissive of your feelings. Like, that's probably a good idea to hit the damn road. Like, you know, if if you feel like you aren't, if there's no equity, right, in a relationship or situation, well, let's say relationship because situationships, that could be, anybody could argue that there's no equity in that anyway. But if someone can't <coughs> and, like, really try to listen to you and, and be like, okay, well, let me hear you out instead of getting defensive about it. And when you mention something about or you communicate with someone what you need and they're pretty much like, F your needs, then that's probably a good indicator that it's that's not the person for you. Yeah. Right. It's a term floating out there called micro cheating. So like you only cheated a little bit. Like Reese, what you feel about that term? Like how do you cheat a little bit? I, I don't. I, I, I've heard of that. I don't think I've heard of micro cheating, but I've definitely heard of like um, emotional cheating and things like that. Um, I think, to me, each relationship, like if, you, if we're talking about like romantic relationships, I think each relationship is unique from each other and you set your own personal boundaries. Whatever is outside of that boundary is cheating. Mm. So, if you, so if you feel like, if you feel like them DMing somebody, flirting with them is cheating and you already set those boundaries that you're uncomfortable with that and they did that anyway, that's cheating to me, you know? So if, if cheating is just sex, then it, it, to me, it just depends on what kind of boundaries you have set in a relationship. And some relationships people haven't set any boundaries, so it's just uh, free for all. They're just doing all kinds of things that each other are uncomfortable with. And that's what kind of makes like a toxic relationship a little bit because they're doing things, they aren't communicating with each other and they're doing all these things that are hurting each other and they're still staying together. So that's kind of like, messing things up all together so it really depends on the boundaries you set in your relationship and what you consider to be cheating is what i think of that is it different for a marriage michael or is it the same if you're just dating who's using unmuting me come on now. you are unmuted <laughs> You just muted yourself. <laughs> when it's red, you're muted. No. You muted I'm yourself. Mute. <laughs> I feel like I'm at work right now. <laughs> Offshore people, like literally. Okay. Am I unmuted now? Yeah, you're yeah. good. Now I'm muted. All right, I'm just, it's a delay in the mute uh, between when I say it. Anyway. Um, no, I, I don't think it's different. Like you said, I mean, everything is, is everything to me in a relationship boils down to communication. And like you said, if you communicated that, you know, you can't be, you know, some people have it drastic where they say you can't even like people's pictures or you can't follow people or you can't or, or they're checking your like box and stuff like that. And um, I think if that's what you've already discussed was going to be uh, 
the boundary, then you know you anything outside of that, like you said, is is, is cheating, I guess. But it all starts with the initial, you know, communication. There has to be a line drawn in the sand. If you just assuming that this person is going to know, or this person is going to move this way, or, or or whatever, then you be setting yourself up. Yeah, I had a post the other day, and I was like. Can we normalize healthy relationships instead of telling people to stick it out in toxic situations? Because people are dying and you could have just left like long time. Like the signs were there and the behavior got progressive. Like controlling people like who are narcissistic in addition to that, they will kill you. Like just verbal abuse just it's a whole bunch of stuff that we've normalized as oh you stick it out because relationships are hard and that's something that's common in the black community though because what i hear a lot from people is well my grandma stuck it out even even my case my mm -hmm. grandfather had a whole other family on the side and my grandmother still stayed with him until his dying day so i wonder if that's really something that's so rooted in the black community where um meemaw stayed with paul paul for years and we just got to figure out how to make it work too i i totally agree with you on on that like i was listening to i think her name is shannon boudrum she's a sex mm -hmm. uh like she's a sick therapist or she talks to people about sex or whatever she was essentially saying the exact same thing what you're saying too like i think we romanticize our grandparents relationship and the real truth is that your grandma couldn't afford to leave your father. She needed him. And in many ways, he needed her too. But right around town, you're wondering why you got cousins or have mm -hmm. that look just like twins. <laughs> That's your daddy's family or granddaddy's other papa's other family. Like these relationships were toxic and terrible back in the day, but they had to stick it out. But you know why a lot of women are leaving now? Because they got money. They have mm -hmm. career opportunities. And when you are equal with someone, <laughs> Especially financially, why would you stay with someone that is harming you? Or someone that is like, what is, uh, I think the stats are still women in marriages die sooner than single women. And that is literally because of the stress that women are under in relationships with taking care of children, working, taking care of sometimes men that don't have as much money as them, and having to take care of this whole family while being extremely stressed out about it. So leave that relationship. Don't stay for the kids. Don't stay for the man. Stay for your family. Leave it and be happy. I have to laugh. Last night, I met a 79-year-old um, Guyanese woman. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, oh, my God, she's amazing. Because she was quick to tell me how old she was. She goes, you know what it was? No, man. I was like, God. <laughs> like, you don't got to do it like that. But she, her, her husband passed away like 20 years ago. And she ain't never. She was like, and I, I ain't going to hold you. Skin was beautiful. Her fit was good. Her body looked good. And I was like, wait a minute now. <laughs> but... I mean, obviously, that's not to say that y'all don't need to be with nobody. But I think, like, like to your point, Jasmine, like I think that now we have the means to not deal with the toxicity. You know what I mean? And so that that changes, that changes just a lot of things, just in general. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if someone does something and you give them grace, how do you hold them accountable? Like, especially like in friendships. I mean, relationships, you kind of like sign the paper. It's legal. I mean, well, I guess it's the same for both. Like if someone violates you or they do something that you don't like, like how outside of communication, like what's some ways to hold them accountable? 
I always start with the three strikes rule. That's what my mom always told me. Somebody does something once, you explain it to them, um, you know, let them know how you feel, how it made you feel. Um, they do it again. You know, maybe they just didn't catch the message the first time. At that third time, if they didn't catch that message, you're out. Peace out. There's nothing I can do for you. So. Really so I never give anybody grace. Like you got like the one good time and then after that it's a wrap, right? But then I actually had a conversation with somebody relatively recently and they say when somebody is rooted in their ways, like you can't say just because I told you this one time that you need to communicate with me the right <clears> way <throat> and you don't do it right the second time, that all of a sudden you should be out. And I have to sit with that because it's true. If I'm 40 years into believing a way or, or having a way about me, right? And then all of a sudden this dude that I happen to like, you know, he's like, I don't like it when you do this, right? I would hope that he would give me the grace to try to get it right because for the past 40 years, I haven't been doing it the way that you might have liked or the way that you might have appreciated it. So now I actually am in this gray area of, I used to be like, you got one good time, where now somebody enlightened me and said, you know what, you can't expect, especially if it's a significant other or somebody that you want to call your friend, if you know that in their soul, they're good people, you know what I'm saying? Like, And then all of a sudden I say, hey, why you always partying for blah, 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 right? <laughs> if she's been doing it her way for so long, I can't all of a sudden say to her, well, she did it twice, so she can't be my friend. You understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's a weird place, but it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, is it intentional or do, it, do people say, my bad, I understand that that's not what you like, I'm working on it, you know what I'm saying? But then you get to the 15th or 20th time out. <laughs> So um, kind of the segue into just after just communicating, because that is something positive to build uh, healthy relationships. What's some other things that uh, y'all do um, and friendships or relationships that are like healthy things to do, um, I guess, to either understand or even just to navigate um, your that relationship? Well, for me, well, I'm not in a relationship romantically, but I do have a, a small circle of friends. And what we try to do is we all have busy schedules. So what we all try to do is try to get together to like maybe have some drinks, maybe have dinner, catch up, um, just talk about what's been going on in our busy schedules, just to kind of like make sure that we're staying updated on each other. And um, just trying to keep an open communication with each other. And to me, that makes it healthy because even though you're not around me 24 seven, at least we can come together for a couple hours and really discuss what's been going on in our lives. And hopefully we can give each other some tidbits on what we can do to help each other out. So that's what I do to keep my friendships healthy. Mm -hmm. yeah. I do something similar. Yeah, I think I do monthly check-ins. I do one-on-ones with a lot of my friends. Um, Kilby's one of my best friends, and I know during quarantine times, we went and did parking lot meetups so we could see each other. Um, also, Michael's one of my best friends, and we do maybe quarterly meetups. We're a little bit better now. We might do it like a little, like every other month. You know, he busy with three kids. I just got plants, so <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little harder for him, but... I think definitely the meetups and just checking on people like, how's your spirit? Like, how are you doing today? I know my friends are tired of those kind of texts. Like, how was your spirit feeling over there, sis? Grand rising queen. Grand rising queen. Oh. And that, just being funny. Like, you just say dumb stuff to your friends and it's just 
brightens your day. Still to hit me with a grand rising queen. <laughs> Crazy as again, I try to pull as as sad as COVID was. Like you still got to try to pull the good from it, right? It re-energized the friendship, like you're saying, check-ins and the love for your friends, and recognizing how important it is to like really foster those relationships. And I'm I'm starting to see it now more where people are actually honoring their friends a little bit more and not just the boyfriend post or the girlfriend post or the wife husband thing. I'm loving that I'm seeing now a lot of people like giving the proper points really to their friendships. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, that's the homie. Look how like she looked amazing today. Like, and that's just what it is. You know what I mean? And I think that COVID being one of those times that some people were booed up or not, but then even if you were booed up, you realize, God dang, I need to hang with my friends every once in a while. And if you were, if you weren't, you were like, man, my friends really kept me going, you know? And I think that that's what's happening now. Like people are really like, I miss my friends and they realize how important friendships are. So that's why I'm very big on that, that word meaning what people mean when we say that is my friend. You know what I mean? Like I'm, we, we hanging out, you know what I mean? And so I think I, I'm, I'm grateful that people are now honoring friendships the way that they've been honoring marriages and so and so forth it's just as important like how important aunties are you know mommies and daddies are important but aunties and uncles are super important too so i'm liking that i'm liking that i'm seeing more of that too so t dot i share uh michael with t dot sometimes so opposite sex friends you know it's a taboo out there saying males and females can't be friends y'all must have did something so what's y'all viewpoints on opposite sex friends like can people really be friends that are opposite sex like is that an ex that went bad and it's like you friends on them like let's want to touch on that michael you want to start it on um, male bff it's, it's gonna sound funny to me uh because i i slick believe it in, in certain circumstances right like i don't believe in necessarily new friends you know what i'm saying like my wife couldn't come and tell me she met a nigga at the grocery store and he was like hey i like your shirt and they became friends you know what i'm saying like no, that ain't that ain't gonna happen uh, nothing like that but uh when there's like prior connection, I don't believe that you have to cut off all your friends either. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't believe that if you have friends from uh, the past that you got to cut them off when you jump into a new relationship with somebody that may be uncomfortable with that. I guess, yeah, to piggyback off of what Michael was saying, um, we went to high school together. Actually, we went to middle school together. We don't remember each other that much in middle school, but we were in middle school together. But we got, I guess, closer um, because his best friend was my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and so we were always together. It was the four of us, he and his wife and me and the ex-boyfriend. And so we um, we were real cool. We were real cool. And so his best friend, my ex-boyfriend, passed away. And so we, like, bonded greater over trauma. So... He was now my friend, his friend, we all family. Yeah. It was so in that case, it can't be that kind of romantical because that's just gross. 
Yeah, like I think people feel like people gotta break up. Like you have to end your friendships when you're opposite sex, especially when you get married. Like that's personally happened to me before they was married. Like girlfriend, boyfriend, I've actually had that happen when it was like engagement. So and it sucks though because usually those relationships end up in divorce, and so then they come back, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to be your friend no more. So <laughs> it's, it's like you're not gonna put me like put me to the left. And when I say friend, friends, kind of like you know, like middle school, elementary school, like. I don't want to kiss you. That's gross. Like, I don't see any sexual attraction at all. And it's like, I don't think that the other person understands that because maybe they've been hurt or whatever. But it's just like, I feel like women and men can be good friends. Yeah. And, and I think and it's on the tail. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, on the tail, on the tail end of that, I have been in the situation to where I was the friend and I was like um, put on the back burner because that person got into a relationship. So mm -hmm. I kind of know, especially because I'm a part of the LGBT community. So a lot of my friends are females, um, and when they, you know, where we go out, we have drinks, we talk every day, we this and that. As soon as they get a boyfriend, or sometimes a girlfriend, um, I get completely, <laughs> I get completely cut off, you know. Um, so I, I, I've always got confused by that. Like, you know, there's no romantic links to us because I don't like what you're offering to me, girl. But um, so why would why, why, who who is really feeling some kind of way? Is it you that feels some kind of way, or is it him or that other person is saying, "Well, I'm with that person around around us or around you." You have to like it's almost like they isolate their lover, where their friends can't encourage them, they can't influence them with anything. It's well, just, it's well, just at least not to play devil's advocate. Do you feel like? You know, sometimes as we get into relationships, you know, maybe all of us do this. You know, when we're in a relationship, we not, not that we're distancing ourselves from our friend. We just become so entangled with um, our partner. You know, even I've had that, you know, when I was dating, it was just like everything was all about Lee. You know, is that what's happening? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think that's healthy though. If you make something a relationship and that's it, that's your end all mm -hmm. and be all, I, I don't think that's healthy. I think that it's a whole ecosystem as friendships and your relationship. And you gotta balance that because your whole identity is not in just that person. It should not be right. correct. Correct. I don't know, Reese. Sometimes I violated the girl code myself. <laughs> and also, I just feel—I just feel like—I just feel like sometimes it's like it's not even that situation. Like, if you wanna—if you wanna spend time with your lover, I completely get that. Like, you wanna get to know them. You wanna, you know, wrap yourself around them and feel good and cuddle up and boo up all the time. That's cool. But my problem is, I sometimes I feel like the reason why you're doing that. Because that person doesn't want you to have friends. Oh, yes, yeah, that's different. That's something toxic. Yeah, because I know a lot of, especially like I said earlier, a lot of um, my lady friends, 
I've I've heard that once they come back and they're like trying to hang out again, they're saying, you know, he was this. He didn't want me to have friends because he was scared that y'all were going to take me out. He was scared that y'all were going to influence me to do things. It's like, well, what kind of like what kind of man is that to where he can't trust you to go to the club for a couple hours and come back? Like, I'm not I'm not the kind of person that's going to let you do anything reckless. You know, I can't control you, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, girl, there's enough drinks there, you know. You know, I'm like, I'm that I'm that kind of person. So it kind of made me feel some kind of way that it's like, why, why are you excluding me from everything now? Right. Because you mm-hmm. have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's yeah. I was going to ask you another question. So I know a lot of times um, people like, especially like my friends from middle school and high school, they're, some of them are not the same. They've explored their sexuality. And so it's just like, can you be friend like one of my male friends is like he he can be friends with another male friend because now he's gay and I, I'm like, how do you navigate like friendships like with different like sexuality? Everybody go straight male friends, right? Are all are they I, homophobic? Yeah. Do I do I I don't I, don't, I have heterosexual male friends like male associates. Like especially mm-hmm. from my job, like it's you know little conversations here and there, but I don't have any close friends that are heterosexual males. Do you think like they just don't want to be your friend? Like how? Like I'll be trying to delve into that because I feel I have lesbian <laughs> friends, and like I'm not like oh girl, we can't be friends. You're gonna be looking at me, but <laughs> like it's- when it comes when it, when it comes to cisgendered heterosexual men. It, Sometimes it goes by, like you said earlier, it's like almost like a cultural requirement for them that they can't be associated with a with a gay man because that makes them gay or um, it makes them trying to be gay some kind of way. I don't know, but I, I get that feeling too that I know some heterosexual men that really I feel like really wanted to be close with me, but they felt if they got too close to me, people were going to associate them with me being gay and calling them gay. So they just kind of like kept me at a distance. Yeah, societal pressures are terrible. Yeah, societal, societal pressure. It's, it's yeah. pressure, and it's terrible. And there's only, and I think there's uh, obviously there's just a handful of men that are so strong. And, and again, it gets to how you were raised. You know what I mean? That are so strong in themselves that that's not a big deal. Who you sleep with has nothing to do with you being my friend, and people can't recognize that, but it depends on how you were raised. Let's be honest, we were not raised in the era where it's like, be whoever you are. This is now a thing that you can not, and I hate to say that, but you now can be comfortable being who you are and loving who you are freely without there being your your locker getting dismantled or you being called something or, or you know, spray painted this or beaten up, honestly. You know what I mean? And also- so. A lot, a lot of heterosexual men feel as though I'm going to try to get on, like, come on to them. Mm-hmm. Where did I that come from? A lot of straight men. You can't say fine. Like, get off yourself. Like, <laughs> and most of the time, most of the time, treated they're not fine. Like, exactly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you. The girls don't want you. Nobody wants <laughs> you. Sweetie, you just sweetie. What were you saying, Chad? <laughs> like nobody oh. wants you. Relax. That like gay people are inherently like a pro, uh, what a right. Like, you gonna want me? Cause how could you not? You right. know, 
as a, I guess as a bisexual woman, like I have friends of like straight women, straight men. Well, not really, but uh, <laughs> like. <laughs> It's difficult, honestly, to have like straight male friends. Um, Interesting. It's, it's not. It's not mission impossible. It's just mission difficult sometimes. <laughs> trying to love one of them. Trying to imagine trying to be one of us. Trying to love one of them. It's hard. Yeah. And like I said, I'm bisexual. Both men and women. So when I say I get it, it's tough. Like I can definitely. People always ask me, like, which one do you fall to? I'm by for real, for real. like I like them both. Okay, but it's just it's the the relationships are interesting. It's a little bit difficult, like I said, to be friends with straight men and just like nothing. Like they don't want anything from me or whatever. But um, I forgot what the damn question was because I started. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Like, I guess with like talking to straight men or like straight men who don't like to be around gay people because I explained to people from the beginning, I really am bisexual. And no, I don't mean Ali because I don't, I'm not trying to do that. I'm monogamous. But I like recently, maybe like two weeks ago, I was talking to this guy and I asked him how he felt about the gay community. And his answer was, I don't want to be nowhere around him. I can't stand him. This, y'all stop talking to him because I'm just like, I like my, a lot of my friends are lesbians, bisexuals, and gay people, trans people as well. I'm not going to have you around them. I'm going to always be over you. Like, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to. Shout out to uh, Happy Pride Month, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that's real, Jazz. Because um, me and Jazz went to school together. And actually, I was in her sister's class. But like. I got into it with this super Christian girl one day because she was saying gay people were going to burn in hell. And I literally went off on her because I just was like, you was evil. Like she was just evil. And she inboxed me and was like, did I offend you? I didn't know you were gay. And I was like, I'm not. (laughs) Like, but my loved ones, I have cousins, I have friends that are gay, and you telling someone they're going to burn in hell, like some people really internalize that and they kill themselves. Or if you say something like very something nasty, that could result in someone killing themselves. And so I spoke up and I was like, just because I spoke up didn't make me gay. Like, like defending someone from your evil words is not me taking up because I am, it's me being a human and not like what you said. So it's written, the whole, I think it's a stigma with especially black men having, being friends, gay men. It's it's a circle back to like, when it comes to like heterosexual men being friends with me, it's like, I am open, I'm an open book when it comes to friendship. I'd be happy to be your friend, um, but it's just, it just it just seems like there's always like a disconnect there. Like I guess maybe because we don't hang in the same circles, maybe or I don't know. I mean, I've known some heterosexual men that had no problem going to they were they were my friend. I, I witnessed them. They didn't mind going to the the LGBT clubs. They didn't mind hanging around gay people or trans people or lesbian people. Um, 
But even when I witnessed that, I witnessed even my people whispering, you, you, you think he, you know, you think he gay, you think he likes this. And it's, so it's like, it's almost like a toxic circle between my community and the straight community. Like they all think that if we intermingle together, it's gonna be some kind of like sexual orgy or something. Like it's not, it's like, I don't want you. I don't want every man that I see. Like I can be friends with you and have no sexual attraction with you. I'm not sexually attracted to any of my friends that I have currently at all. You want to add anything in there, Michael? I know. Is he? <laughs> Let it go. All right. Hey. T dot. So me and T dot oh. once Agnes got together, and it's like a little running myth that you were uh gay. What is it? Bye to yeah. You were lesbian till you graduate. And I'm like, uh, everybody doesn't dip in the lady pond, but also I think it in that type of environment, it kind of opens up your perspective that you could be friends with people and everything's not sexual. Like, I think they've sexualized like gay people. Like I know someone that's like they're gay, but they never had sex with the, the same sex. Like they just like, it's like a lust, but they haven't actually had sex. Like. With just and I'm like, so does that not make you gay? Like, I'm literally be like, well, so how does that work? Um, so I mean, so I mean, I know people like what you were gonna say. I was like, I know people who went to like college with us and started off was like very anti anything lgbtqa like anything and they were just but by the time they left they were like well we're all friends and so <laughs> it's like exposure like you learning the other people in detail and getting to know the actual person like it's it's, it's an individual kind of vibe when you with friends like uh another dating disaster kimmy god. <laughs> <laughs> She was saying, like, it's a vibe. Like, that's what you do. And just be open. And Listen, when you get from underneath your parents' roofs and in an antiquated way of thinking, and you're mm-hmm. able to sit with somebody and you realize that, not to say that all of our parents, they just don't know any better. Like, we're now getting into when we're having open, honest discussions, when we're, we're understanding what all the, and please don't take this, what all the letters mean, for example, what cisgendered me. I'm still learning, right? But you have to be willing to be open to, to, to learn, right? And once you're from, from under your parents' roof and you go to college, right, and you experience friendships that that um, extend beyond what you were used to, that's when you realize, wait a minute, Ma, you was a racist ass. <laughs> like, racist or, 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 well, wait a minute, granddad was talking about what? Like, this doesn't make sense. So all of that stuff is just experiential and, and immersion. And once you get into it, that's how, you know, that's when you realize everything that you thought was a damn lie. Well, you're like unlearning. We as yeah. adults are unlearning things that was just, it, things were so deep rooted. I mean, it's it's almost mind blowing for me with everything, dating and politics. We're 
literally unlearning a lot of stuff these days. Yeah, the future has a lot to learn from us now, but we're that gray area. We're the ones that still had the toxicity, but now we know how to be about ourselves. And so we'll know better for our kids and our kids' kids and our friends' kids, you know what I mean? Depending on how it works. And then, <laughs> but that's just where we are. Like, it's just, we're, we're, that, we're that gray. We're, that, we're gonna help the future, but we, got, we learn from that past boy, so. I had a friend, I had, well, I have a friend. Um, she grew up really strict, like devout Christian. Right? Um, and like she was taught the whole gays are burning hell, gays are evil, sex before marriage is evil, all this stuff. She says she went to college out of state and was in the, like the, I think it was the, the drama, the drama, well, acting, whatever you call it, I don't know. Um, she was in the drama club in her college. And she said everybody there was gay or lesbian. And she was like, at first she was really timid. She didn't really talk to nobody, but she was like, after the plays and after rehearsals, they would take her to their houses and cook for her and invite her in. And she was like, so the whole 20 years of my life, I've been taught that these people are not good. And mm -hmm. they have treated me, they have treated me better than anybody from home even my own family, how can I not love them? How can I not appreciate them and think that they're a gift to me? Because she was just like, before I met them, I was completely lost. And when I met them, I opened up to and, get, and got to know who I was. So it's like, like you said, you have to experience life. Like if you let your family and like your, your small circle of family and friends dictate your whole life, you're never ever gonna experience different kind of people you can have friendships with all kinds of people if you let yourself. Yeah, that's definitely real. So a little segue into next question. So we have, you know, sexuality is kind of taboo, but also uh, since we just had an election last year, political affiliation. So can you be friends with someone who does not agree with your political affiliation or let's just say a particular person, the orange man, COVID-45, as they, I call it. <laughs> I literally had to tell someone who was trying to date me, be like, uh, yeah, this is never going to happen because you voted for him. Like you voted for someone who does not believe in and bettering and doing things right by people that look like me. So it's gonna be a no. Like, I think you're a good person. I'll talk to you, we could be cordial, but I'm not dating you. Like, I'm not gonna, I, I went all the way in the rabbit hole. I was like, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna date you because if we date and we like each other, we're gonna get married and then we're gonna have kids and it's gonna be a no. Like, you are not gonna put that on my children. So. What's y'all thoughts on that? Like dating people that's not in the same political affiliation. If somebody is complicit in silencing your life or they are supportive in silencing your life, you cannot be friends. How can you be friends with that person? How, how can you support them when they don't even stand up for you? I require, like I said before, loyalty. It's a requirement of mine. You cannot say that you're going to vote for somebody who is going to literally take away women's rights, literally take away rights from the QIA community, literally try to take away rights from black people, and still sit up here and be like, well, let's go to brunch. Why, why, why shouldn't have rights? Like, no, that's it's 
Absolutely, I shut down. Absolutely not. We could never be friends. You don't. For me, you're trying to fight for rights for everybody. You are trying to deny me. So no, we good. We'll just be on the opposite ends fighting each other. That's it. Well, is it the political affiliation for that particular president? Because for me, you know, I'm I'm so open minded with everything and every you know every encounter I have. So if someone has conservative or Republican beliefs, you know, I don't necessarily say I can't be your friend. But in the case of Donald Trump, I just thought he was a dictator. I couldn't imagine, no matter what your political affiliation is, why would anyone vote for him? So in that particular case. No, I cannot be your friend, hand da hands down. But if there was another Republican or conservative leader who came around um, who I didn't think was a dictator or was insane, you know, I would not date somebody just because they have conservative beliefs. So, I mean, for me, it's really just a toss up. I agree. That's <clears throat> real. I wouldn't date them, but they could be my friend. I can have a friend with conservative beliefs, but not. Definitely, if you voted for, yeah, him. for that, either yeah. time, either time, I don't care if the first time or the second time. <laughs> yeah, that situation, that's we no, I can't deal with that. But like you said, like if someone has conservative beliefs, uh, um, then I'm totally fine with that. I feel like um, I feel like we can disagree about pizza toppings. We can disagree about. <laughs> um, who's better, Brandy or Monica? We can disagree about um, like music and all that, but I can't, I, I can't be friends or in or in relationship with someone that is a conservative Republican. I don't care if it's Donald Trump or not. I can't be friends with somebody that's a conservative Republican. I'm the exact opposite yeah. of conservative. Like everything about me is everything conservatives hate. You know what I mean? So I can't, we're not, it's not going to work out. I can, if we work together, I can be cordial with you. Like I can, I, like my job is very conservative, you know, so I can be cordial with you. I can speak to you in the hall. I can do all that, but I'm not going to be hanging with you. We're not, you're not going to be in my house, vice versa. I can't do it. So we're, we're going to always get into, not to disagreements, we're going to get into this fights. I, <laughs> no, the thing Michael, about, you got any points on that? Because I know Michael been on IG, Facebook, arguing back and forth with people. You yeah, on mute. You still oh, gotta unmute him. I can't unmute you. You gotta unmute yourself, friend. Okay. Um, I feel like. Well, well, I have two statements. One, I feel like you would naturally not kind of gravitate to calling those people friends when you have such different ideologies, you know what I'm saying? Like, you would naturally not get along with those people, so you would probably, you know, leave them as associates, one. And then a question to the group is, especially in the dating life, right? If you're dating and everything is cool and y'all really just haven't gotten to that part, is there like a balance is is like say if he was like well you know i i don't agree with trump with you know how he felt about blacks or whatever whatever but i agree with his tax policy or or, or whatever it is and so i'm going to vote for him for that you know does that is that a deal breaker for y'all or is it uh on the scale as to how y'all want to do it absolutely the thing about politics right and, and why it's so like, uh, and like we can cut it off 
Politics affects your pockets. It affects your mental health, your actual health. It affects so it affects our like our lives, right? So somebody that is on that side of the of, of the of the table or whatever else, we do not have anything in common. The, and I know people that are like you. You realize like COVID what happened, and that's when people realize we're not compatible anymore because you feel this way, and I feel I feel back, and you don't feel back. Politics is deep rooted in our every the way the moment we walk out of our door, depending on the car you drive and if it's you know electric or not. These people are that's how politics is so deep rooted. So no, there's no room I don't think anyway for me for you to be on the other side of the table and we can just commingle. If I want to learn about what you what you think and how you think, cool. You know what I'm saying? So I can at least understand the quote unquote enemy. But to say let's break bread, we have nothing in common. Yeah, we can, we just can't. Great. Kilby, what about you? <laughs> now too, you're being Michael. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Like if I think fiscally I side with some of the Republican policies like in my head, but like how I vote, I vote for all people. Um, and so I have to look at the bigger picture. Um, I don't think that I could necessarily date and have like a future with someone that believes in like I'm 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 a lover of all people. So if you don't like gays, we ain't, I can't date you. Like and and when I say like, like you ain't gotta be best friends, you ain't gotta be passing out hugs and gifts and stuff like that, but you at least have to be cordial and nice and respectful, like being respectful to people. So I kind of see it as if you're not a good human, I'm not going to be dating you. And that goes with how you treat people. Period, period. A good human. A good human. That's. I'm sorry. That's what I always say. Just be a good human being. It's so important and so undervalued. Oh. And I, think, I and just I think noticed that, that y'all got on them dope shirts and I didn't get one, but we going to go talk about <laughs> that later. I think it goes back to like communication too. Like let's let's say you're in a, a romantic relationship with somebody, you should kind of already know what they align with politically. Um, you should have that early on in like the dating process because it's like I know like personally I know people that are married twenty years and have had the biggest blowouts because they found out that their husband or wife is a a Trump supporter, um, or they voted for Trump and they don't, or they don't agree with, um, they don't agree with their partner's political views. And like, why you didn't know your partner was a conservative Republican twenty years ago when right. y'all first started dating? Like, you didn't, you don't know the kind of values and ideologies that they have already. You're just finding that out after six, ten years of marriage, like. So I think it's about communication too. Like to me, I'm very much about being upfront with what you want out of a relationship. And that should be discussed in the first couple of dates. What do you want out of life? What are your political views? What do you want as far as family or no family? Like, what is the deal? Because once I fall in love with you and I find out that we have nothing really in common that's important stuff like politics, it's going to be a messy situation. And I've, I've seen this happen. I've seen this play out, especially in the last couple of years, because Wichita was in office for a while. Right. Um, can I ask a question to the group? 
Mm-hmm. Um, if, or rather, and maybe I spoke about this, is the political views versus your religious views heavier when you're you're, you're weighing whether or not you want to be with somebody? Like if he's a Muslim but you're a Christian, if, if he's an atheist and you're a Christian, like is is that heavy as heavy? Yeah, to me that's all. Like I, I ask those questions up front because I know I am, like I said, bisexual. Um, I, I won't say I'm liberal, but I'm definitely not conservative. I'm well, I would be, I would be like, I guess considered more liberal or whatever. But um, religious. Ain't none over here. So it's like, those are the things that I want to know prior to getting into a relationship with someone. Because when I do have children, I don't plan on bringing my kids up in the church. Why would I take them to that torture chamber? You know, like I would, <laughs> you know, so I would prefer to have someone who is aligned from the start. So we don't run into issues later on as far as like, okay, now here our kids are. And somebody's like, I want to get child baptized. And I'm just like, you want to what? Like, you know, like, that's not what we talked about before. Like, I just think that things need to be aligned when you are looking for a life partner with the bigger things, politics, religion, anything, and how you're going to raise your, how you will rear the children. All of that should be brought even if you want kids. So, yeah. We're going to pray for you because you just called the church the torture chamber. Not torture chamber. This is just a little different. Oh, about. my God. Up in the church and then, like, making the decision leave the church and, and really like leave the church for no reason after researching and finding out a few things and I cannot reconcile like our introduction into this white ass Christianity and like slavery and all of that other stuff for me I believe that there's a higher power but this white Jesus stuff is not for me and it's not going to be for my children either because when I left the church it was a whole you gonna go to hell and on top of that you're bisexual you definitely going to hell so how does it feel with your life set on cremation for eternity? And that type of, like, the, what that does to someone mentally? Yeah. From the, I, I, Real quick, I will never forget. <laughs> One time when I was, a, like, a teenager, I woke up and my mother and my sisters were gone. Why did I think the rapture happened and I got left behind? <laughs> like, I was like, I was going crazy. And, of course, it wasn't a cell phone at that time. So I was like... Where's my mom? And then it didn't even help that somebody's clothes were left in the middle of the floor. So I literally thought, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what did I do wrong? I'm a, like, I'm a teenager and I got left behind. That type of stuff. It's funny now. And I laugh about it now. But when I was a kid, I was devastated because I had believed in what the church told me. And then, of course, coming out and being like knowing that. And I knew from a kid that I was interested in girls and I was trying to shut it down because I was like, no, girl, this thing it. That weighs on you too. And making that step, and I guess for me having the courage to be like, I want to be me because I only get this one life. Like that was difficult. So I don't ever want my kids to grow up in anything like that. Do I want them to believe that it's something bigger than themselves? Absolutely. But I will also teach them this life is your path. So you have to figure it out on your own. I can introduce you to things, but I want, I don't, I just don't want them to have the pressure that I had growing up. It was difficult. Yeah. yeah that- can, you, can you all hear me? Yeah. yeah, we can hear you. Okay, because my, my lights flash. I was just going on with that. Um, the way I, like, I don't mind if, like, I'm not particularly, I don't um, subscribe to a particular religion. Um, like Jasmine said, I do believe there's a, a higher power. 
but I was raised kind of like to just like accept people for um, who and what they are. But I couldn't date somebody that's like really into Christianity or really into a religion because I'm not going to be fully in that with you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that would work out for me and my partner. I could deal with it. I can have a friend that's a, a religious person. I can't have a partner that's a religious person. <clears throat> no, that is definitely real. We were, we kind of touched on outside of like religion and political affiliation, we kind of touched on could you date? I mean, could you stay with your partner if you're doing the mental health work for yourself and then they don't do it? Like, how how does that look for your relationship? You know, how do you work through, you know, your homework assignments if the person you're going to counseling about don't want to do it? So it's that I think those are three heavy topics. It's, well, four, sexuality, difference of political affiliation as well as religion and even like mental health because i know people that are in relationships with people that are depressed yeah and it's like like it because it it, you absorb that energy yeah let me tell you i think that communication is the root of all health or the root of all toxicity Right. If you if you're not dating somebody exclusively and y'all are having these deep conversations and you're not having them early on and you're not communicating what your religious beliefs would be, how you want to raise your kids, how you're going to discipline your kids. So what you were saying, then you're going to have problems later on. Right. That's why our divorce rate is so high. People are giving titles to, again, the friends or to the people that they're dating way too. soon. So and then if you're not having these conversations again, Toxicity, you know, the opposite end of that because you're just going along with something and it's two, three years into something or a situationship, you think it's a relationship, and then y'all talking about getting married. Then as soon as you get married, you realize I like white flowers and you like red, and it's a big point of uh, it's a big argument, you know what I mean? And so, it's it, it, everything that even that we've been talking about for the past hour has been, I think, rooted in either having great communication or bad communication. Like it literally, and it's always been for me. The root of all evil or the root of all good. Like if if you if you're not doing it in either direction, it's if you're not doing it at all, rather, it's just gonna it's just gonna go for bad. But I think uh, again, you and I talk about this a lot on another dating disaster. A lot of us are you know afraid to have these heavy conversations, whether it's early on or whether it's um, later in the relationship. A lot of us are too afraid to really unpack some of the things that we feel about or um, how we see the world. I think it's a lot with that. You know what I hate about that, and the reason why I think it happens: nobody wants to get left. Nobody wants to like this guy and then he breaks up with me because of something I said or something I believe. And I think that's because it's forced down, especially black women's throats, how much we're not married, how much how much uh, men are actually out there that are available. Um, and then as a result, they're just willing to deal with the stuff that you really should not be dealing with. I think Jasmine was talking about it earlier, like you're dealing with things that you just shouldn't be. And then you're ended up in a relationship for years with somebody that you have no business wasting your time, you know, and and that is a personal thing. I just think that we keep being reminded of how amazing black women are. But, yeah, nobody wants you. Why are you wearing bonnets in the street? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing it? Even though I don't like bonnets. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. But, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. But, like, there's so many different things that we are having to deal with. You know what I mean? And then on top of it, they're like, and don't nobody want you and da, da, da. So the moment you meet a guy that's willing to, quote, unquote, tolerate your, your black womanness, you're kind of like, Okay. Um. Yes, I voted Republican. Or okay. Yes, I did did this. Yeah. No. Can we get married now? Because I want to have a kid. Like no. Like relax. Like 
things things are changing. But yeah, to your point, like it's, it's definitely because of other things that are getting um, pushed onto us, unfortunately. Yeah, I think people need to stop looking at fast track. I yeah. think we put ages and like these unrealistic goals to your like timelines. And I feel like once you allow those things to go and you're ready, then shit happens for you. Like things start popping off when you're not begging for it to happen. Like just let it be. Like let the universe work and you'll find like be ready and available is what you should be um, in every situation as my, I guess, uh, motto, trust in the process. Like you really do have to trust in the process on everything and don't stop forcing things. I think that 100%. all ships don't force it. Like be authentically you, like be upfront, set your boundaries and communicate those very oftenly. Like, and you got to recalibrate too. Cause like I've went into situations and then I might've liked something in the beginning and then I don't like it in the middle. And I'm like, nah, I don't like that no more. So, <laughs> and, and, and that's okay. That's, that's your evolution and your growth. But I think that going back to what you were saying, it is definitely about the communication part. So we're kind of over time and we usually do the uh let's take it to the car but we're not gonna have that since we have some amazing guests this week so what i want you to do i'm gonna skip to our prescriptions so what we do is prescribe to ourselves things that we're gonna work on so for this show since it's about ships if you could prescribe something that you would do in a friendship or a relationship, um, it's something that will apply to yourself, but it could help our listeners, as well as if you give us where we could find you and we could wrap up like that. So another dating disaster? Um, okay, I guess something that I can work on or prescribe myself after hearing a lot of you uh, great people, I probably would say I need to do a better job of just checking in on my friends just to check in on them. A lot of times I reach out to my friends with a story or I need, <laughs> or I need advice or what would you do? Um, so I guess uh, going forward, I can do more of just, just regular, just pulse checkings and um, Candace Lauren on Instagram, as well as another dating disaster on Instagram. Um, definitely prescribing for myself, and I'm doing this a lot more, of, is being selfish the right way. Um, I know everybody talks about self-help and all that stuff, but for, as far as like relationships with somebody else, saying, I don't like that. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Somebody had told me before, you know, like, why do you let people stay so long? And it was because I was giving people chances. For what? People are not going to change their stripes. You know what I mean? And again, it's not to say don't just draw people, but I'm prescribing myself to recognize what's not healthy for me. And just because you want, you might like a guy and he seems great. It doesn't, he's just not the one for you. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, when it's not, so not to fight it. And I am Kimmy. So Brooklyn, no underscores or nothing on Instagram <laughs> and another dating disaster. All right, Mr. Authorist. Michael, are you there? I think he's All right, Reese. 
Okay. Can you guys hear me? Oh, the Michael. Okay, Michael's going. You are Michael. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, what I would say I would prescribe to myself and other people would, would be two things. One, uh, well, I guess it all kind of wraps up into understanding, like understanding that not all friends are for all things, right? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like you know what I'm saying? Some of your friends are there for uh, to, to, to pick you up when you feel down. Some of your friends are just there to hang out with. Some of your, your friends are your smoking buddies. Some of your friends are, are just coworkers. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's no um, no disrespect uh, if, if you choose to communicate and, and to relate to that person in that manner uh, as far as in comparison to another friend, you know. So don't get hurt feelings because, you know, we choose to to move with one person uh, a certain way. You know, we might just be comfortable uh, with that person in that life. Got you. That's a good one. Reese? Okay. Um, my prescription to the ship would be um, communication. Um, I really think it's really important for you to, to communicate your wants, your needs, um, if your feelings are hurt, if you feel some kind of way, you need to express it. And I think you need to give people grace as well. But I think communication is a big thing when it comes to ships, friendships, relationships, all that. Um, and I have, you can find me, my main Instagram page is um, at Reese Omega. Uh, that's just like my regular page. And then you can go to my social commentary IG page, which is um, at hasis.tv. And then I also host a live show and podcast with a very good friend of mine. Um, and the podcast is called Virgo is Fuck. And you can find that on Instagram too, which is Virgo as fuck, but fuck is FXPK. <laughs> yes, y'all go check that out. They're funny too. It's funny. Jasmine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so my prescription of the week is um, your relationship with yourself will be the most important relationship in your life. I think you need to lean into taking your own inventory. I think you should lean into just knowing that you have to be the best version. I know that sounds like some Iyalu stuff, but it's, it's true. Um, that's my prescription. Really, really Look, listen to yourself and just overall, or at least try to. Awesome. T-Dot? I think for me, it's just to listen. I know I have a hard time just listening, so sometimes when it comes to both my friendships and my relationships, I just want to be helpful and give advice and it's a problem but sometimes everybody needs that so mine is definitely just listening well mine is so it's coming up on my birthday week it's a week just letting y'all know um so <laughs> gemini season and uh usually i try to like multitask sometimes for work and so this, and I'm gonna do this, 
I need all my friends who going on my birthday trip to hold me accountable. But no work. I'm shutting down. Like, I'm totally shutting down. I'm shutting down with my problems with my renovation. Just leaving it at the door. Not worried about nothing else. So not to multitask is my prescription for myself. Um, I am due this vacation. Um, so I'm deserving. So <laughs> really just shutting down and being in that moment. So that's my prescription for myself. And with that, that kind of goes on to self-care and a little preview of next podcast episode, which is five. So Tita. So a spring on my co-host. Kibbs and Jasmine, we're not going to do self-care. So <laughs> in my one of my prescriptions, we were like, we've got to take me time to sit and think and listen to yourself. So I've been actually doing that. And I realized in my me time, and I know all my friends on here are going to be like, this is quite true, probably. I need rehab on being kind of mean girl <laughs> and talking about people. <laughs> so on the next episode, we're going to get into me talking about people. And if anybody else needs rehab on anything else, and if it's talking about people and what's the line of it being like horrible or a part of it being like, oh, you just saying something real funny. So that's going to be the next episode. So are you admitting you're a geriatric mean girl? I am probably a geriatric mean girl. I think we need to get off before Michael gets to unmute himself. (laughs) He's still trying to figure it out. (laughs) So thank you guys for joining this show. I appreciate our guests. Hopefully y'all got a little insight. You might could recalibrate where you are in someone's lives. You might just be a reason, a season, or a lifetime, maybe a day, friend. Um, so I need all y'all to hopefully y'all could take some things away from this conversation. And we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Welcome to the Play Cousins Podcast, a dose of healthy conversations with your play cousins. Oh, 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 oh.